I'm going to ask Pastor Kurt to open us up in prayer. Pastor Kurt, if you could come open us up in prayer, then we'll get started. Well, let's, uh, let's look to the Lord. Father, we thank you for, uh, one, your, your great, great love for us, uh, uh, which you showed us through the cross, uh, through uh, um, um, Jesus' death and his sacrifice on the cross. And so uh, we get together uh, numerous times, whether it be during the midweek, whether it be on a Sunday, uh, it should be a joyous occasion for us uh, uh, all of different uh, races, nationalities, uh, um, to be able to come together under this umbrella of the gospel uh, and be unified by it. And so, um, God, we pray that this would be a great time uh, where you encourage us, where you uh, cause us to be pushed forward in the faith, where we uh, get excited about uh, uh, missions and the work that you have for us at this church uh, as we kind of lay out the vision of, of the direction that you're taking us as a church, Lord. Um, and so, so we want to see lives saved. We want to see lives and hearts changed, and we pray that this will be a spurring forth of, uh, of, of your people, of workers uh, going out uh, to reap the harvest that you have uh, waiting of, of people uh, that can be um, uh, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And so uh, we pray that this would be a good time for us uh, in unity and love uh, and in a much um, uh, worship of your name. Uh, we pray these things in, in Christ's name. Amen. 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 I'm excited to be here tonight. How many of y'all excited to be here tonight? Amen. Amen. I'm excited to be here tonight. Um, this is this is tonight. We're going to try to have these once every six months as much as um, we can, because you can't do this enough. Um, when when I um, when when I was um, getting training uh, to be a part of planting Epiphany Fellowship, one of the things that we were taught over and over and over and over again you got to share vision once, you got to share it twice, you got to share it 10,000 times because people will forget. Matter of fact, you will forget. And so, um, and so that, this, that, that's the importance of what um, this night um, is for us. Um, this night also is to give us an opportunity as a church family outside of our life groups to get to know someone different. As you know, we've grown a little bit with new people coming. And so in light of all of those new people coming, um, we want to be able to get to know people that are attending Epiphany Fellowship, but also Covenant Community members of Epiphany Fellowship. So we want you, your, your assignment for tonight so is to, to, to meet five people that you absolutely, unadulteratedly, unequivocally do not know. All right. So that's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to I want you to meet five people. I ain't saying y'all got to switch numbers and saying y'all going to do lunch Sunday. If, if God does that, that'll be great. But I want you to meet by name five people and commit to committing their name to memory. OK. Can y'all do that? OK. We, we got to do that because we need it's important um, for us to, to get to know one another. Turn real quick as we begin uh, to Proverbs. Um, chapter 29, verse 18. Um, Proverbs chapter 29, the 18th verse. It says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. 
That's a very, very interesting verse that we get to look at because Proverbs 29 is, is about, is about um, um, well, 11, uh, 18, I'm sorry, in particular, is about the people of God getting off track regularly. If you read any of the stories in the Old Testament, you'll see that the people of God got off track quite often. As a matter of fact, if we look um, on our doorstep, we probably see and recognize the fact that we've got off track before. How many of you would say I've got off track since I've been a Christian before? Amen. And so in light of that, um, be, be, because, because that happens, what God would do is God would send the prophets. Really, sometimes prophecies were just the prophets restating what God had already said to the people of God so they could go back to doing what they were supposed to do in the first place. Sometimes prophecy in the Old Testament was really nothing new. It was just recalling God's people back. So that's why it says here, it says where there is no prophetic vision. That word there, prophetic vision, is really one word in the Hebrew, which means revelation. Say revelation. Means a, 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 a visionary directive from God. So, so when we say prophetic vision, we're talking about what God wants our lives to look like. That's why he says, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Why? Because if you don't have Vision, biblical vision, vision is the Bible, not created dreams of human beings. So biblically, vision is the Bible. Now, strategically, that'll look multifaceted. However, vision should be rooted in coming from the scriptures. Somebody should say amen to that. So in light of that reality, people cast off restraint. That means they get to the point where they'll just do anything because they are directionless. So it's very important that a church... A local community, especially, remains faithful to God in being and, and having before its eyes a biblical vision and biblical goals that God has called us to. And so, in, in, in doing that, we wanna we wanna talk through a few things. I've, some of you have seen this a thousand times. I do it over and over and over and over and over, and over again because I want you to understand. I want you to really, really get. Um, this capsulation of things as we as we dive in. How new people that just came in? How's everybody just came in? Y'all all right? Y'all can wave. How y'all doing? Let's all wave at them. Say hi. Huh. Oh, before we get into this, I want to let you know. This is the order tonight. Okay, I'm going to try to end at 8.30. 8.35-ish. Amen. Pladowski. Then, I'm a, I, I, we got mics here, um, and I want you guys to ask questions. Now, when it's time for questions, be nice, Okay. Um, be nice and be holy. Let your speech be seasoned, as it were, with salt, okay? Because um, sometimes at the question and answer joints, it can be a little ruggedacious. So we want to make sure that when you go to the mic, you're real nice and ask questions, okay? So generational icons. Um, one of the things that I realize is that there are generations that have come before um, many of us who have had icons that have kind of given them kind of like a pictorial of their cultural values. They got their cultural values. Everybody, no matter who you are, you got cultural values. Everybody. That's why the gospel has to reform our cultural values and tell us which values are cool with Jesus and which ones aren't. However, there were those who these are icons for them, like my mom and my pops, that's their icons. And that was called a civil rights generation, right? Um, then we had this a generation, the black people that came from that generation. We'll get to the white ones in a second. And, um, and this, this was called the bourgeoisie generation. This, this is some of their icons, like because that's what it looked like to make it, if you like that, right? Boom, 
Then you have those who were, these were, these were one group of the same group that was born during that same generational period. But then you got those who were born during the same time, they were called the black power generation. Then you got this generation, which is called the hippie generation, right? The hippie generation. Um, then you got this generation right here. It's called what I call the hip hop eclectic generation. Can y'all say that? I, I dubbed, I, matter of fact, I dubbed this a book that's coming out in January. I wrote a little bit about it in it, but we're trying to bring another one out in the fall that kind of lays this out more extensively for us. But this eclectic hip hop generation is, 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 is y'allsums, all right? Y'allsums right here. That means you guys, right? So um, some of y'all got what I said. But so, so, so that's the, the, these are the icons of this generation, right? Then you got who are parallel to that generation, these people, who these are icons for that particular generation, ethnic generations. Um, um, and then we got the multi-ethnic generation. Um, these are some of the icons of ethnic people that are mixed. Um, and some of y'all looking at it like, I didn't know they were mixed. Um, but these are some of the, he was like, dang, put it back up. It's about the vision night. Okay, so, so what, what we have here are values. Say values. Say goals. Okay, so every generation has values and goals. Okay, so we got the civil rights generation. They value retirement and pension. Again, we've, this is just review for some of you. Many of you, you're hearing this for the first time. Um, they value retirement and pension. Bourgeoisie wanted rest and retreat. Black power wanted equality and separation, ethnic identity. Hippie generation wanted to be free from the establishment. Oh, they wanted to be one with the creation. Somebody said, that's right. Oh, that was you, Miss Christie. <laughs> Hippie generation, right? Um, and um, and hip-hop eclectic generation, uh, the goal is questionable, so to speak. However, th there is clear values, which is realness and rawness. How many of y'all will agree with that? Realness and rawness, right? Then you got the ethnic generations and multi-ethnic generations. They value opportunity and their, uh, I mean, they, their goal is opportunity and value is multifaceted. So, so, so what we have in American cities is we have all of these different people groups. Matter of fact, in this neighborhood, we have all of these different people groups. As a matter of fact, in this building on Sunday mornings, guess what else we have? We got all of these people groups right here in this facility. And so, and so that's why um, our ministry has to, be, has to be very pointed and clear, but also has to buckshot in its ability to relevantly engage and love peoples of different generations and different ethnicities, okay? And so, and so I wanted us to kind of get a view of that because th th this is where we are. So... Um, and so some, some, some people would say, and again, this is for some of y'all for the first time, why Epiphany Fellowship? Well, turn over to Titus. Well, you can just look at this. Titus. Titus chapter 2. If you can't see it, pull it out in front of you. But Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15. Okay, that's what, this is what we got it from. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope. Say blessed hope. And the appearing, say appearing, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If someone says that Jesus' deity is not in the Bible, there it is right there. He is called our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, right there. It's in the Bible. Okay, so who gave himself for us 
to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things uh, speak and exhort and reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you. So where's epiphany in that? Well, if you look up at verse 11, that word appeared there. In verse 13, that word appeared there is the word epiphany. Say epiphany. And so that word means, do I have it up here? I don't have it on here. Um, That word means to show forth something, uh, something that was previously unveiled to make it clear to people. That's what epiphany means. And so that's where we got our idea or the name Epiphany Fellowship from. I'm good down here, Adam. You can see me good? Cool, perfect. Um, So our story, how did Epiphany Fellowship kind of come together? Well, Epiphany came together, a co-founder that that helped uh, Epiphany Fellowship get founded, uh, who's no longer with us, gave the Macedonian call, said, man, look, there's people here in Philadelphia who um, need a church that you have been spending your evenings. Basically, I used to go home. I used to go to, to my wife. I said, babe, I'm coming home. Can I have three nights a week where I just go work on this church after work? So I go in the office um, at Oakland Bible Fellowship. Then I go to Starbucks and hook up to the wireless and go, get into a coffee coma, okay? So I sit down and I would work on, I pray through and work on and develop all, the, all this, basically this presentation. And this Macedonia call came, and, uh, we, and I thought it was going to be a bunch of people that was going to join this plant, but actually it became nine of us. And so got the Macedonian call. So we ended up, my wife and I spying out the land. We came and looked at Philly. And I, I just wasn't, I'm going to just be honest, I wasn't feeling Philly at all. Um, uh, um, I, I wasn't feeling Philly. Um, at, I mean, on steroids, I wasn't feeling Philly. Um, but I couldn't, I was going to, actually, we were going to plant Raleigh, North Carolina, to be honest. I said, I'm going to go to the lower East Coast, even though that's the South, right? So <laughs> I called it the lower East Coast. Um, um, and so we spied out the land, prayed Numbers 13 and actually Numbers 14. And my wife was like, my wife was like, she was going like this. Now, she's from the suburbs. I'm like, why are you doing like that? You know what I'm saying? And she's like, well... I think God's been preparing you for this. I'm like, oh, why would you say? She said, I ain't, I ain't trying to call you nowhere. I'm just telling you, if we don't go to Philly, it won't be my fault. So, so she just laid it all in my lap. So, so um, that's a good woman, though. So we cried obedience. We cried obedience. Isaiah 6, here we are, Lord, send us. Um, and then um, we, we moved by faith in 05 to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And so many people ask, what kind of church are you trying to plant? Which are, these are our core values, and I want you to say them with me. Christocentrism. Christocentrism. Commitment. Yes. Community. Community. Communion. Oh, we've, I'm sorry. We put that up in community. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Conversions. Conversions. Culturally relevant ministry. This is very, very important for us to be able to connect with and get. Everyone that becomes a member of Epiphany Fellowship should know these core values. So say them with me again. Christocentrism, Christocentrism. commitment, Commitment. community, Community. conversions, and culturally relevant ministry. Amen, amen, amen. We took communion because it was kind of redundant with community and communion, so we put those together. So who do we want to reach now? If you're above 45, don't say, I'm out of here. That's, don't, please don't leave. We need you. Okay? But however, we, we, we end up classifying the 18 to 45-year-old group because they were really the most unreached people group in America, period. Matter of fact, um, I didn't put all the stats up here because we just don't have time, but over 95% of those who are between the ages of 18 and 45 
are not Christians on the eastern seaboard. Over 95%. So that means, that means that, that's, that's an astounding number of people. Um, let alone Philly, Philadelphia is 85. They said that's a, that's a, that's a um, they call that a modest number. It's 85% unchurched. So 15% of the people in the region know Jesus Christ, allegedly. So we look here and we wanted, what we also wanted to minister to different ethnicities in that group. God just kind of put that on the heart. And to be honest, we didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, whenever we go to conferences, people say, how did y'all get the church multi-ethnic? And I just kind of say, I don't know. I said, usually people write books on stuff after the Holy Spirit's done it, and then they look back and act like they had a plan for it. So, um, and so, and so really, it was the robust power of the Holy Spirit to get people who don't look alike and who are from different contexts in the same room together. That's how it happened. So, um, but also, we, wanted, we didn't want to leave out indigenous African Americans in the neighborhood. So they're very, very unreached, which we'll talk about later. Multi-economic classes, though, we need blue-collar, we need white-collar. We want to get the no-collars with a collar on, though. We want, in other words, no-collar means no job. We want you to get one. So, but also those who relocate during Philly's urban renewal. I don't know if you know this, but if you go around um, the city, um, this section of Philadelphia is the only part of Philadelphia that's getting renewed. You can go all the way down to Fairmont, maybe Art Museum, uh, Lower South Philly, or uh, uh, Northern South Philly, if you could say that, they call it Center City, the real South Philly people. But Northern uh, South Philly, is go is, the renewal there is done. This is the only part of the city that's actually going through major construction projects to get people that are not from the neighborhood into the neighborhood, but also with the Philadelphia Housing Authority and um, I forgot the other one. Um, the Housing Commission, they're trying to keep indigenous residents in this community. And that's very important um, to our mission and what we're going to talk about a little later. So, so, Epiphany Fellowship's core values, this, I think this is the wrong one. Did we put up final, final? We put up final, final? Let me see if this is final, final. This is? Okay. Yeah, it is. Perfect, perfect. I got it. All right, there we go. So Christocentrism, what is Christocentrism? Because Jesus has created everything with a purpose, we must submit all of our lives, say all of our lives, all of our lives. To, to be rigged around and motivated by his desires. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. Look at, um, start at verse 15. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and say for him. That's a very, very important thing right there. Now, it, everything being created for Jesus means that Jesus Christ with the Godhead, created everything with a particular purpose in mind. So when we, on Sundays, when you hear me saying Christ-centered or Christocentrism, that, 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 that word really means to embed and center every single particular area of our lives on the Lord Jesus Christ because he's created everything with a purpose. And as we walk with him and as we grow in him and as we get to know him, 
along with his people, guess what happens? Your life gets centered on him because he becomes the center of every single thing in your life. Jesus wants to be the epicenter of your life. He wants to be your center city. He wants to run the entire region of your life, every, every part of it. Um, next is community. Epiphany Fellowship will seek to build a healthy environment by which believers may fellowship with other believers with Christ at the center. In 1 John chapter 1, it talks about, um, um, John talks about first having fellowship with God. Then he goes from talking about having fellowship with God is saying, now we have fellowship with who? One another. So now that fellowship, that word koinonia, say koinonia. Koinonia, the word, that, that word means to share, to partner in, to join in having a commonality in someone, something, or someplace. And now, when we talk about community here, we're talking about having Jesus in common, having him at the center of everything. That's why we've put a lot of investment into making sure that we have intentional community. So if you're here and you're not, I'm getting ahead of myself, if you're not, if you're not experiencing intentional community, uh, it, th that thing has been set up for you, and you have, to, you have to push your way through it to be able to be in community with a particular group of people from God's, God's church. That doesn't mean cult. Amen, somebody. That doesn't mean all of us going to be alike. That don't mean we all got to live together, and we all eat the same food, and one of us cook, and we have to have Bible study every morning and every evening and every night and, and all of that. You know, that, 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 that we become ingrown then, right? Um, but, but, um, if, 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 but, but the issue is community means um, sharing, sharing our lives together and doing life together with Christ at the center in a way that's healthy, way that's healthy. We'll, we'll move on to that a little bit later also. Uh, conversions. So we, we value conversions. In Acts chapter, 40, uh, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, it says, it says that he got, the, the Lord was adding... <laughs> to their numbers daily, those who were being saved. He was adding to their numbers daily. So that, God adding to their numbers, I like the fact that God added to their numbers and man didn't add. Church growth is God's work, not man's work. Amen, somebody. So, so, so because of that, it, it said God, the Lord was adding to their numbers. And the best way to add to numbers is through salvation and maturity. We'll get to that in a second. Through salvation and maturity, through salvations and maturity. So, Epiphany Fellowship will seek to make disciples. That's what we're about. If you think we're about something else, we're not about anything else. Making disciples of what? The Lord Jesus Christ. We want people to look like Jesus. Romans 8, 29, not like us, but like Jesus. Um, through missions and evangelism. We'll talk about that term in a second. Both of those. The hope is that the fellowship, lo uh, the love of the saints, and godly living will attract unbelievers. Remember we talk about Sunday. You are what city on the what? Hill. Is a city a place or a people in the Bible? People mainly. Remember that. So, so, so that's what these principles are extracted from. And, and since we are a light, we are supposed to be in a, there, there is an attractional part, but there will be offense when the gospel is preached. In other words, attraction doesn't mean, because see, I was still attracted to the gospel uh, because of God drawing me to the gospel. But it was interesting. When he told me about my sin, I didn't like it because it offended for the right reasons, but he still was drawing me in. 
And see, that's what the gospel is supposed to do through the lives of the believers here. That's how conversions happen. That means your life has to be pouring out to be able to share Jesus with people. That's what your life is for. Share Jesus. So we're about seeing people converted. Unbelievers, attract unbelievers to the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you guys know, but there are several non-Christians come on Sundays. Several. Regular. Regulars. They regulars. They just like being here, but they are not Christian. I've had some of them tell me, I'm not a believer, but I just like coming here. That's what we're talking about. And then we've seen some of them say, you know what? I think I became a Christian Thursday. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so we see that happen. Matter of fact, I just saw one, one of our um, people serving in a particular area. She said, I came in. I went through covenant community. I was serving, but I realized like a year and a half ago I wasn't a Christian. I actually became a Christian on a Sunday morning. It was crazy just hearing those stories. Okay? So our desire is that new converts will feel like they are entering a family and not an organization. Okay, so, so, so this ain't a social club, even though we have social interaction, that's spiritual interaction, right? And so, and so th this is not an organization. I'm not the CEO and trying to, you know, you know build an empire and a kingdom. Okay, that's not, what, that's not what Epiphany Fellowship is about, okay? Um, but then finally, culturally relevant ministry. Um, I need one of my men to grab First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 in a hurry. One of my fellows. Can you grab it real quick? I want us to get that. Real, 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 real quick. 10, 9, 8, 7. Can somebody tell? Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The sons of Issachar were men who knew the times and knew what Israel ought to do. In the context of that passage, David was coming into his kingship. And they, uh, that, that word there in the passage, it means um, they knew the times and understood what Israel ought to do is really one, uh, is, is two words, understood. It's two words. It's yada banach, which means to have a rich and deep understanding of both the Bible and what's going on in the world. And they, and they knew both. They, were, they had a level of scholarship, if you will, in the scriptures and a level of it in the world, not, not being students of the world in the sense of wanting to be worldly, but knew what was going on. And, and, and that's what culturally relevant ministry is. Culturally relevant ministry is knowing the Bible well and knowing culture well so that you can love God and love people. That's what culturally relevant ministry is. Culturally relevant ministry isn't merely being cool. It's, 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 it's the ability to connect God, God's truth to a people group in a way that they can understand it in their language so the Holy Spirit has no barriers in them hearing what God wants them to say. Remember back in Ephesians 6. Remember back when we went back to Colossians chapter 2 when Paul asked for prayer to make the gospel clear. That's why we make the gospel clear. That's called contextualization. Say contextualization. Contextualization is knowing your context well enough so that you can properly present the truth of Jesus Christ through words and works to the people in that context. Okay? Y'all trekking with me still? Okay, we're going we're gonna to fly through this right here because I, I, I'm not going to talk about that. That's too much for the night. All right. So, so how many of y'all know this is our mission statement? Amen. Put your hands up if you know this is our mission statement. Some didn't know. So let's say it together. One, two, three. Showing off the glory of Christ in every area of life. That comes right out of that Colossians passage. I want us to remember these things. Why are we here? 
This pervades everything, everything that we do, okay? So in light of that, we also have not only a mission statement, some of y'all didn't even know we had a vision statement. Our vision statement is comprehensively making disciples in a culturally relevant way to impact the world through Jesus Christ's glory. How are we going to do that? First of all, by biblically motivated lifestyles. Number two, relationally organic community, lifestyles of evangelism and apologetics, ongoing lifestyles of worship, a culture of hope, prayerfully dependent and committed to healthy families. Okay, so, so, so these are things that we are going to, and if you want a copy of all this, we'll, we'll put it up on the site. You can download the whole presentation, all right? So showing off the glory of Christ in every area of life means we have to have inward ministry, upward ministry, and outward ministry. You have to have, a church has to have all three of those, okay? Those are all four of those. Those are, those are very, very important, inward, upward, outward. Inward, upward, outward. So Communion, uh, uh, actually, community should be there. Community is our upward value, but it's also an inward value, commitment. Now, 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 now the Bible says in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's where we get commitment from. We need commitment. Amen, somebody. We need, we need people to be committed. We're going to be pushing hard on that. That means you have to take the initiative to be committed, you can't say, come get me to be committed. That's not commitment. That means I, I, want, you, I want you to cater to me. But com committed people don't need to be catered to. Because they are burned and moved by the Spirit of God, they take the initiative for the benefit of others. And so, and so, and so commitment means, Lord, here I am. Use me. I've been cleansed. Use me among the body to do something. So that means we want to push Epiphany from being a, a, a museum and a good place for people to see, oh, it's nice, it's young folk here and, and you know, different ethnicities and this different looking building and wow, the, the pastor wears jeans, wow, this is great. But we, we, we're not about trying to create a painting for people to come in like this is an art museum. It's not what this is for. Our desire is to push the gospel as hard as we can. And so, and, so, and so in light of that, we want to have community, though. That means we actually, that means you're going to, some of y'all are going to have to start opening your life up. And I know you don't trust the church. Um, and and, and it's, oh, many of us have had times where we don't trust the church. A amen, somebody. Somebody ought to lift your hand up if you know what I'm talking about. If you, don't, if you went through a season. I ain't saying you're going through it now, because I know you're not going through it now. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I'm saying? Where, where, you, where you were suspect of religiosity. Um, um, which we all should be, right? Uh, um, but, 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 but there is, well, as God, if God is at work with his people, he's going to deal with his people to get his people to where he wants his people to be. But remember, it's his people, all right? It's his people. So conversions and culturally relevant ministry, those are our outward ones. And that's what we're going to be pushing hard on because um, I, I think pe people have been doing some evangelism and loving on some people. I, I, I know our College Connect, one of our areas has been doing a, a phenomenal job at engaging college students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One, um, one of our ministries has been doing a, a phenomenal, phenomenal job. I know Sister Christy with her life group has been doing much work to engage the neighborhood, uh, ladies in the neighborhood with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we need that to permeate the entire ministry. Okay, so in light of that, I don't know what happened that I doubled these up. That's weird. Okay, 
That's why I need to just give you all the thing and let you all do it. Amen, somebody. Here we go. There we go. Jesus is on the throne. We're going to pass that. Okay, so how are we structured? How are we structured here at Epiphany Fellowship? Um, What is our church government, if you will? Um, It's very, very important for you to understand how a church operates, governmentally. Um, And we believe that God has set, he first set up government in Genesis. Um, So government is something that God uh, uh, already set up in the beginning. So uh, what what we'd like to see is servant leaders push more servants to serve Jesus. Let me say that again. Servant leaders push more servants to serve Jesus. That's what leadership exists for. Um, So when we look at this, we see the elders are at the bottom of this. And the deacons are the next tier. And then we have lay leaders, or non-ordained lay leaders who lead different areas. And then we have what's the congregation, although theologically, all of us are the congregation of God. However, we're using this terminology just to kind of give some clarity of sorts. You tracking with me, right? Y'all cool? Y'all cool on this side? I don't hear nothing. Y'all cool? All right, all right. That's my quiet side. That's all right. So our elder structure, the bottom, before I look at this, the Bible gives offices and kind of gives structure, but it doesn't give details to the structure. The structure is malleable based on time and place, but the offices and what their qualifications and job descriptions are never change. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so, so, but the way it looks in context at times has to facilitate the type of people and the type of needs and the type of ministry that needs to be done in that context. And so in our, in our leadership structure of our eldership, we've chosen to develop a one eldership team here at, at, at Epiphany Fellowship, one eldership team. Now, as we add elders, we're going to be bringing a, a, a one or more candidates before you next month. Uh, for, uh, for, for more elders. And, 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 and as we grow as a team of elders leading the church, we, we, what, what are elders? Elders are a group of qualified men who have been called by God to share the shepherding leadership and care and protective responsibility of the local church. Okay? Uh, okay, so, so are y'all tracking with me still? Okay, and so, so I, want, I want us to understand what we're supposed to do. And, and so, so as the church grows numerically, there has to be those who do two things. You have to have all of them are shepherds, but all shepherd in different ways. Are you hearing me? Now, visioning and, and what we call ruling or leading is an aspect of shepherding. Um, but then there's another aspect of shepherding, which I'll talk about in a second, which meets the whole elder team. So the vision and ruling team, they'll work on the church. They'll keep us focused on forward mission. Um, um, they'll, they'll keep us focused on forward mission. In other words, what are we doing to execute moving forward and good, what God has called us to move forward in based on the biblical values and goals that he's given us? Okay. But then you have the shepherding team who work in the church. you got to have both. If you have everybody working working on the church, nobody will get cared for. If you have everybody working on the church, we'll become ingrown. So if everybody's working in the church, just, if all, all, all of us do is just counsel, that will make an imbalanced elder team, right? So you got to have both in place so that it's a balanced eldership. Um, so with that in mind, um, that will keep us focused on growing deep. It's a church. It's a ministry for God's glory, 
right? This is, this is very, very important to develop roles. If everybody's the same, somebody's not necessary. So, 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 so it's very, very important that we have a diverse group of giftings in the eldership to take care of different types of shepherding needs that God has set up. Pastor, Pastor Kurt is different than me. I'm different than Pastor Larry. You, I know you can see that, right? Um, I'm different than Pastor Niren. You know you can see that too, right? So we, we're all different, and we all have different particular passions. Um, 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 Pastor Larry is very, what we, we have three, uh, the Bible teaches three types of shepherds, prophet, priest, king, even though they're really eight, seven. But, but we'll, leave, we'll I'll, I'll just teach this for free real quick. Th- three overarching categories, prophet, priest, king. Jesus embodied all three of those, but, but Jesus appoints leaders who embody one of those particular areas in particular, even if they're not stronger in the other areas. Now, the priestly personality is the one that's going to be with you for hours and just love on you and put their hand on your shoulder and just say, is everything all right? Now, you know who does that, right? So we got them sitting right here, right? You, you got the prophet, the prophet type of the, I mean, the priest type, that's the, now the prophet is more visionary and, and, all, and, 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 and just rebuking, just yakataka, you know. Now, now just, arr, just a, a beast. I ain't going to say who does that, right? So, so then, <laughs> shut up, just shut up. Um, um, but, but the king gets stuff done. Now, I have a whole presentation on this king. Get stuff done. If you look at David, if you look at Saul, if you look at even Solomon, they're the ones that actually execute what God want visionarily for the prophets to tell Israel to do. That, and, so, and, so, and, so, and so therefore, that's, that's, where you, that's where you have a pastor. Now, me and him are more prophet-oriented. He's more kingly. He's more priestly. So, so, but you need all of those. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no priest in anyone else. That doesn't mean that there's no, no, no prophet. But those are the stronger categories of pastoral ministry that exist in the eldership. Y'all checking with me? All right. And so, and so, and so again, and so, and so again, th- th- this is where we're going as, as, as a team. Our deacons, of course, we're, we're going to be moving pretty soon to what's called our mercy leaders, even though I hate that word mercy. I just don't like it. It just seems messianic. Um, um, ministry leaders aspect, and, but that's one deacon's team. Of course, one works from the church. Uh, uh, men, and actually we need to say women, men and women who aid in the relief of the outsider. Ministry, a uh, 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 work to the church, men and women who lead in various areas and facilitate body care. This is very important, okay? Um, a, a non-ordained, what we call just people who are, have the gift of leadership based on Romans chapter 12. There is a gift of leadership that is outside of the office, even though someone in the office of deacon or elder slash pastor can have the gift of leadership or should have the gift of leadership, especially in eldership. But there are those who are not necessarily called to the office, but they can go get stuff done. I like those type of people a lot. They follow through on stuff. Amen, somebody. So we need those type of lay leaders that are developers. Now, that, that's pretty much Pastor Niren's oversight area. Well, he'll eventually, when he comes on staff, I'm prophesying right now, and, um, and you know, and, and, and he works with the developers. Which, what I'll do is I'll envision Pastor Niren um, 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 will, will develop the process to bring the, 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 the vision to completion. And, um, and, and, and um, Pastor Larry and Pastor Kirk will work through the shrapnel that I messed up. So that's, that's just how it works, right? <laughs> so, so, 
Y'all weren't supposed to laugh on that part, though. But then, then managers, once things are in place, we need people to come in and maintain, not status quo, but make sure it continues to happen. In other words, follow through. You see that? So you see vision. We're going to talk about through Nehemiah. Vision, awareness, strategy, and um, execution. We're going we're to talk about all that through, through, through Nehemiah. And then congregation, where, where, where we want to see all of the gifts in activity, all of them in all three sections of the Bible, all three of them, not just 1 Corinthians 12, even though we want those two. Sometimes you say 1 Corinthians 12 and you forget about the rest of them, right? But we want, we want these gifts enacted in the body of Christ here. That's how the body and the congregation, we want them to serve. And also talent-based ministry and um, missional engagement, um, engaging lost people congregation. Y'all still checking with me? Anybody sleep yet? Any, anybody sleep yet? Okay, don't go to sleep on me just yet. So again, spiritual gifts is always usually ministry to the church, except for the gift of evangelism, which is a people gift. Then missional engagement, which is ministry from the church. That's what the congregation, that's your role you generally focus on. Ministry to the church, ministry from the church. Everybody should be doing both. Every congregant should do both. Ministry to the church, serving in a particular way, with your gift and talent, and going out and sharing Jesus with your neighbors. All right? All right? So... Again, that's our structure. Jesus runs this church. The Holy Ghost runs this church, and the Bible runs this church. That's what, that, that's, that's, this is our flow chart. The, the, it's interesting to see church flow charts and the senior pastors on the top. You know, Jesus runs his church. This is his church. This ain't mine. It ain't his. It ain't his. It ain't his. It's Jesus' church. Okay? I don't care who names is on the articles of corporation and 501c3, Jesus runs the church. Okay? Elders, um, el- elders. This is just an oversight deal where there's a community of qualified leaders who lead it together. Deacons, congregation. Amen. All right. So these are our areas of ministry as we get into one more of the pro- uh, practical aspect. You've seen kind of the biblical and theological foundation for Epiphany Fellowship. Now what we want to do is we want to begin to work through and talk about okay, what what does all of that stuff look like? Practice, like, what, what does that look like actually executed? This is the longer part of the presentation, even though it's the shortest. Oh, connections, we got connections, community life, stewardship, worship, and creative arts. Um, um, th- these, are, these are the sectors of Epiphany Fellowship. Community uh, life is, is not neighborhood community, but church community as it relates to the people of God getting together in, in, in Koinonia. Connections is the area of missions, local, national, international missions, okay, which will be needing an elder for that particular area. Eventually, right now, that's on my plate, as well as worship and creative arts, okay? So those two things are on my plate right now. Stewardship um, is is the area that Pastor Nyron gives oversight community life. Uh, 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 As Pastor Larry, um, Pastor Kurt works in the area of uh, actually community life functionally, with the youth ministry, college ministry, the whole night, even though right now college ministry is under connection, so he's kind of floating through two different areas right now, okay? So, and so, and so these, are, these are areas, and, and, and these two groups right here, the elders and the deacons, exist to serve to make sure all four of those things happen, okay? Those, those, those are the ways that, we, that that's kind of what we are looking to see Jesus continue to do here. So, what would we like to see? What, what do we visualize? We visualize the gospel taking root of the lives of unreached people groups in North Philly. That's what we dream about. This, this is our dream right here. We dream of people loving one another based on a biblical understanding of love. That's our dream. 
That's just what we dream about. A solid and sound community of people who live out the good news about Jesus Christ through both life and lips. So, so we're asking God to, to make us less hypocritical as he grows us spiritually. That's what we're asking him to do. That's what we visualize. We visualize people who are committed uh, to serving others in spite of life circumstances. That means even when we're going through something, we can comfort others with the comfort that we've gotten from Jesus. With that, 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 that's called enduring service. Say enduring service. Sometimes when you go through something, the best medicine for you is service. <laughs> sometimes the best medicine for you is service. You don't get better sometimes by not serving. There are times when some of us are so out of it, well, we do need to take a dive, take a fall back. But, but, but many times your healing is through helping somebody else. I'll talk about that another time before I get the preaching up in here. All right, let's move it, let's move it. Seeing the gospel bring practical redemption to the community in which we are called. Very practical things, which we'll, we'll see some of those things in a minute. Balancing the belief in theology with the doing of theology. That's what we want to do. We want to have a balance of the two, even though it's really a tension, if you will. Um, the church of uh, Jesus Christ regaining uh, credibility and impacting the overall kingdom of Christ. We need, we need based on that Ephesians 3.20, for Christ to give, give like the, the church some weight in the neighborhood again um, because they can't hear from the weighty one until God's people have the reputation to be hearable, okay? Uh, um, that's Titus chapter 2. Um, then it says, seeing Jesus, and 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 11 and 12, seeing Jesus Christ, his kingdom, and his gospel lifted high through seeing people's lives noticeably redeemed on every level. In other words, we want God to make us uncomfortable in every area of our life. That's what we want. Now, we're praying for that. That's what we're asking for as a church. We're asking God, make us uncomfortable everywhere so that you can, you can, you can snuff us out. Like, God, throw spiritual tear gas in the different areas of our life and don't give us a gas mask. That's what we're asking God to do, snuff us right out so that we can glorify him and serve him, right? That's what we, that's what we want him to do, right? Um, there are people of different ethnicities. Now, y'all got to understand, this stuff was written years. This was written in like 2003, 2002, three, yeah, 2002, 2003. Look what the Lord has done. People of different ethnicities submitted to the Lord Jesus and in turn becoming indigenous missionaries to the hip-hop and eclectic generation globally. So we believe in global missions, not just inner city missions, but global missions. Okay? Uh, the lives of those impacted becoming irresistible influences where they live and dwell. So we want people who meet Jesus, we don't tell them, turn all your friends away. Leave them alone. Now, if they're going in the crack house, we don't want them going back in there. Don't go back in there and go share the gospel. Because we don't need Pookie. We don't need that. Right? Pookie went in the crack house. You saw what happened to Pookie. Right? But we, so we're not, we not, we not going to do that. I'm just being honest. There's some places we can't go, right? Uh, some places you can't go when you become a Christian because it's fire in your bosom, right? Because what did the Bible say? Who can take fire in his bosom and not get what? Burn, right? So, but, but we don't tell people to get rid of all your friends. That's bad theology. Um, um, Jesus, when, he, when people met Jesus, he said, go back to your entire family and tell all of them the wonderful things that the Lord has done for you. That's what we want to do. Engage the indigenous resident 
the student population and those entering our community through gentrification. That's what we dream about. A gospel and kingdom-driven church planting movement in the Northeastern United States and selected foreign countries. Also, indigenous leaders being raised up in major urban centers, which that's what thriving exists for now. Cross-generational reconciliation between the pre- and post-civil rights generations. Know what, I wanna, know what I wanna do? You know, usually younger generations have to adjust to older churches. But when older Christians come here, they have to adjust to this culture. Now, now, now both of us, both groups have been selfish. Because when we go to church, like, oh man, all these old people, oh my God, man, they don't know what's going on. Oh, then, then they come here, they're like, oh Lord, I don't know what, what in the world. Because, and, and I think, to be honest, it's more of a culture shock for the older than the younger, because the younger are used to it. The older, like, I ain't never been to church. I, every Sunday, somebody comes up to me new, says, Pastor, I just want to tell you, I ain't never been to church with this many people in their 20s before. It's good, but I don't know. You know, it's, like, what is this? And, and then we had people for the first three years just thought we was a cult. Like, we was just some type of cult. I ain't never seen that many young people in no church. That got to be a cult, you know? What they doing in there? Oh, I see, you know, so maybe that. But so now, hopefully, so what we want to see happen more and more is solid, mature, seasoned, been through some storms, older people come and sit and serve. Yeah, that's what we need. We need some people that's been through some stuff and they can talk through some wisdom. We need, we need, we need, some, we need some just silver-haired shepherds. That's what we need. Men and women that just come in and say, say, baby, calm down, baby. <laughs> baby, 1923, Chicago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You need, you need that type of, you know, you wild and oh my God, this is happening. They're like, they just looking at you like I've been through that 1,500 times. You know what I'm saying? And the, and, but, but the thing that you need is you need some people, some older people that can tell you what the good things the Lord has done. See, that's what you need. So that, that's what we're praying the Lord would do, right? Young adults, both single and married, passionate and productive in the kingdom of Christ. So, We've kind of been through that. All right, so we're narrowing it down. So our discipleship area, uh, our aspect of discipleship is what we're zooming in on. It seems we're zooming in more effectively on our discipleship and more effectively by God's grace. Zooming more effectively um, in on mission, missions. And this is, this, this is very important for a church never to lose those two things. If you lose those two things, you die, okay? You, you can never lose those two things. That's the main thing. So... In Epiphany Fellowship, our groundwork in our life groups, the Pastor Larry's leading us in life groups. Life groups are the primary structured means by which people are discipled. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. We, we want to make sure, we believe here that everything disciples people. Everything. Not just a person that you want to sit with and learn from. That's called discipleship idolatry. Everything, everything disciples you. If you segment your life with sacred and secular, or you idolize a particular aspect of your life as discipleship, you stop functioning as a disciple. So that means that that means Sunday morning is discipleship. Life groups is discipleship. When y'all hanging out at the house uh, is discipleship. When y'all sharing the gospel, that's everything is conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. God uses everything. He's a great recycler. And so in light of that, our life groups is one of the organized ways, though, that we make sure that based on the epistles, 
Everything from Romans to Revelation, right? Everything from Romans to Revelation, Paul begins, Paul and the other apostles and apostolic delegates take a turn. They don't use the word disciple. They use the word one another. Why? Because when you get believers together and they're functioning in the one another's, there's mutual community discipleship that takes place through natural accountability. So if you're not involved in a life group at Epiphany Fellowship, what's going to happen is if you say, I can't connect with anybody, or you just refuse to do it, then it's going to be a struggle for you. Okay? So that's why it's so important for you. I got community with these people over here. It's important that you synchronize your community. That's very, very important. We're not telling you to throw people away and you can't be friends with people. We're not even talking about that. We're just talking about synchronized community. That's When you become a part of a local church, you commit to being with that local church and how God wants them to execute what God has called them to execute. You tracking with me? All right, so DNA groups, um, what, we'll be going to, uh, what we've gone to, which is a smaller version of our life groups, our gospel-based DNA groups are organic groups of two or three people who come together for the deepest level of involvement in, the one, another, in, in one another's lives to spur one another along in the gospel. That's very, very important. So in those smaller groups, they're going to be, in small groups, they're going to be smaller groups. Um, so, because uh, ne- right now, our, our small groups, some of them look like church plants. So, now we need, we, we're going to make some groups smaller so that you actually have someone asking you questions. A friend of mine said, well, oh, y'all, why y'all don't do Wednesday night Bible study? And we've had people say, you know, come in and do Wednesday night Bible study. And I said, you know why? I said, because you go to Sunday school in the morning, right? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. I said, then they go to, 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 to Sunday morning worship. Yes. Then they come to Wednesday night Bible study. Yes. So when are you processing through all of that stuff to actually do it? So you're going from information down, boom, I love what I'm I love learning. I love learning. And what happens is you have no one in life-on-life interaction that helps you process through what you're hearing through the church. So, so, so that's why these things exist. That's why these things exist. Okay? Our redemption groups, these are groups uh, are, 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 a, are a rest stop that some people will take from the main highway. So that means we're going to actually make, have redemption groups. And some of, those, some of those who are going to give oversight, of course, Pastor Larry, another one is Sister Mickles. But these redemption groups are going to be very, very important for us is, is, is because it's, it's going to be stuff for like addiction, sexual addiction, drug addiction. Y'all got real quiet on that part, okay? Uh, 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 porn addiction, all of those different things that people deal with, those redemption groups are going to be for those type of special needs, people that have dealt with rape, um, all types of things. We want, to, we want to be able to, people who struggle with depression ongoing. We have a lot of people that struggle with that here. And, what we, and sometimes going through the regular life groups, sometimes it's like, I hear you, but I'm just, I need something else. And so, and so th- th- these redemption groups are going to help for a season, not for that's not your whole life. We're not gonna do AA till Jesus come back. Talking about you're an alcoholic. We rebuke that devil right now in Jesus' name. So, so, so we, 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 so we gonna come back out and you're gonna get right back in that. Right back in that. You know what I'm saying? So you don't spend all your time in this. Amen. Then life coaching. Life coaching. And, and life coaching is, is we need, we're gonna need this area to grow because um, we, we, like, we're going to have to, we're going to probably have our elder staff that comes on staff in the next 15 years is just going to be for counseling and women, men and women counselors. Just on staff just to talk to people and help you get discipled through crisis. And we want to have walk-ins, which we'll talk about later, which that's the rugged one. Walk-ins going to be rugged. Um, 
So life groups, again, we, wanna, we, want, we want to get these in place in order that by God's grace, we'll be able to have a very, very, because that we, we, you got to have, into, you have to have, uh, I don't have time to teach all of it, but you, you, you have normal discipleship cycles that believers go through. Then you have the abnormal cycle of struggles and trials. You need all of those areas covered through good means of making you into a disciple so that you don't have any, any, in, in, any stagnant spiritually in your life. Usually spiritual stagnance is very well connected to a particular area of sin or crisis that we haven't allowed the gospel to help us to get over. So what these, what these things are for is really to kind of help us, help us, and all this on paper, we know it's going to be messier than this presentation, right? <laughs> Ministry is more messy than this, you know. Um, and so, so this looks real pretty, but when you get into actually doing it, it's pretty messy. And when you get sinners together, right? But we're praying that God's going to redeem even still. All right, so outreach and missions, being the presence of Jesus to the world. That, that, that's, that's, that's where we're going even with this Nehemiah series so that we can get a clear understanding of what God would want us and would have us to do. And so when we look at this, we, 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 we see in ways that we want this facility used, first of all. We have both functional base and all that. So I don't know if it's going to be called that. Um, you know, I don't want to make no ethnicities mad. You know, the soul. He said, why I got to be soul? Why can't it be indie factory? You know what I'm saying? Um, rock factory, R&B factory. But we just, I mean, it's just something I threw together. But the function is the function. Leave me alone. All right. So we want live music on the weekends in the basement. We want healthy and regular soul food. We have some regular sometimes. <laughs> A loose tea bar where you get the little spoon, put it in, and hold it in there, not tea bags. Ugh. Anyway, a, co <laughs> a coffee and espresso bar. I want the bike thing outside, like in Northern Liberties, where the bikes can get hung up there, but, don't, but you got you to gotta lock it in, though. You're in North Philly, baby. Well, you in Philly. Forget about North Philly. You in Philly, right? So a bookstore, which is open. Free Wi-Fi down there and computer connected to job opportunities. So um, we we just um, Pastor Pastor Nyron just led us through the process. Let's give God a hand. Praise to Pastor Nyron. He led us through this loan process where um, we're being able to refinance. So we're going to get by God's grace and, and with you all giving the other thirty thousand, we're going to be able to finish the gym and the basement and fully like done like this floor just done. So now that's going to be open for deep missional interaction. So now you can come here and we'll have the umbrella thingies outside on the brick sidewalk. I don't know if y'all really look. I know I, it's trifling around here a little bit. But if you go around the corner and look at the ground by the basement, it's nice right there. We're going to have umbrella tables out there, people using the Wi-Fi, sipping tea and talking to their neighbors and engaging them, right? And, and we're going to make it affordable because the neighborhood like, man, I ain't paying for no $7 coffee, man. You know what I'm saying? So I understand, too, $7 for, for a latte. That's off the chain. So I'm going to need, we're actually going to need someone eventually to run this, to run that. That could be you. Y'all got quiet in here, didn't it? We need somebody to run this entire thing. Only thing is I got to choose the coffee, but everything else, you know what I'm saying, y'all can go, go for broke on. All right. 
The first floor will eventually be a state-of-the-art multimedia gathering space. It will be used for conferences, which, of course, we do several of those a year, the Frequency and the Summit. Um, um, it will be used for conferences, plays. I want to see some of you write plays. And us do it. I ain't talking about Chitlin Circuit. I'm talking about, I said it. I ain't talking about Tyler Perry. Ah, ah, and all that kind of game, no. Come on, Master Wheat. No, we ain't doing none of that. All right? I said it. I'm sorry. The elder's going to get me after this. All right, so re release parties. We want to let people who are of Epiphany Fellowship, others who want to uh, use the space to have release parties. Community gatherings. We want the neighborhood to be able to use it. And, uh, and so many other things. Of course, we'll use it for worship gatherings. Now, first floor, we're nowhere near that yet. That's going to probably be a minimum of a quarter million to get done. Minimum. So, so, so we're, but the Lord is able. Amen. So state-of-the-art multimedia gathering space, and it'll be, oh, I just said that. Um, second floor, it'll be offices. It'll be our community ministry wing. This is where most of our offices and community ministry wing will be. This will be still open like this, but then we'll be able to collapse this close and collapse this close, and this will be able to be three big classrooms, all right? Um, so conference, and then we'll have conference rooms, lecture halls as well. Um, third floor will be our technology institute. Where we, will, um, where we will have uh, the computer area, we'll have mouse training, log, I mean, I'm about to say logos, um, um, training on computers, basically. All of the techie, techie, techie stuff with that, the love with that. Um, after school program, which is starting in the spring, I'm going to start announcing to develop a team for this after school program. We have, uh, we have it all laid out. We're ready to get the after school program started. Um, we want people to teach on... Uh, uh, teach on how to rhyme. We want people to teach on how to dance to, 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 uh, to, to children, how to, use a how to use their computer, but all of that with the gospel at the center. We want tutoring, all of that, and, and it'll be, it'll be uh, several evenings a week, and this, guess what's going to be? Right upstairs. Then we're going to have a summer program for four weeks. We're going to take that and move that summer program, that after school program, into a four-week summer program, which next week we're going to be moving the, uh, some of our funding in the church to make sure that this begins to make sure that the, these are two big priorities from a vision standpoint at Epiphany Fellowship right now. After school, summer program. Those are, those are huge for next year. Um, we, we haven't done either one of those yet. Those are two huge, huge, huge things. But we want it to be an incredible program. So now those of y'all who are sitting on gifts, it's time to get up off of them in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to need an after-school program director to pay. Um, I'm gonna need, uh, we're going to need several summer program pe people to run our summer program, field trips, Bible study, all of those different things that's going to go on during, this, during, during uh, one of the summer months this upcoming summer. Uh, so our school teachers, we're we looking for you to come help with it if you ain't got nothing to do, and that's going to be a paid position to run it, Okay. So, uh, but it'll only be for four weeks. Uh, you prepare your finances. Don't be like, Pastor, I thought this was uh, ongoing. Nah, four-week program, you know what I'm saying? So um, our children's program, um, again, and also alternative, eventually, long-term, we want to have an alternative school wing, um, and then our HD and recording studio up there so we can put information out, all right? Um, we already got this. See how the vision was? God bless us. Steady yard, multi-seasonal playground, done. Number two, rear is going to probably be basketball court. It may not, may not be, but we're trying to secure that so that we can, this whole thing is going to be a park. Um, as a matter of fact, a school, schools around here are starting to bring their, their the people, or their, yeah, the kids, 
bring them over. I don't know. I just went, I just had a, one of those brain thingies, right? Um, there you go. We'll call it a freeze. Um, and, they, and, 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 and they came over and were playing. And I just went out and met them. And, you know, and they said, man, do y'all have an after-school program? Can we partner with y'all to do an after-school program? on I said, ha-ha. Ha-ha. I said, ah, you, the Lord is up to something. We said it was a, a they said, this is, they, they bringing them here because it's the best playground in the neighborhood. Amen. Ain't God good? We ought to give God some praise for that. We ought to give God some praise for that. Yeah. Best playground in the neighborhood. So we also want to refurbish brownstones used for mission teams and people, families that transition to Philly for ministry. Now, um, one, of the, one of the first things we want to do is we're trying to get this house across the street right now to secure that property um, from the city to be able to transform it into our crisis pregnancy center and counseling center. And so, and so and we're trying to do that in the next 24 months. That's the plan. And so that's the plan. So, so again, this is where your money going. It ain't going nowhere else but to ministry. All right? Um, that, this is what it's all for. Um, um, I, 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 we call, I, don't, don't get mad at me because I said, how do be that name, Pastor Kurt? I, that's just the name up there. So don't get mad at me. They hate that name. I just put it up there just so I could remember it. Because um, y'all ain't give me no name yet. Um, so I, I put the same one up there. Um, this year, gifts from the manger, we wanna, we're partnering with, through our children's ministry, through the leadership of Pastor Kurt, helping us do both of these, our Halloween outreach. Um, so we need volunteers for that. But also, gifts from the manger, we want to do these every single year. Gifts from the manger is where we begin to help, or Angel Tree, where we help uh, families in our neighborhood who is a lot of people locked up in the neighborhood and are unable to give their children a Christmas. But we want to give them Christ and a gift. Um, and so, uh, but in, in the stead of their parent and letting them know it's from them and in their stead. Um, I want to see a men's, uh, uh, one of the things I want to see as an outreach is a men's life group. Um, we'll be talking about that in, in, in the upcoming times because I'm going to be transitioning the group that I'm working with into some things as me and Pastor Larry work through some of that. Um, but it's going to be specifically for a place to be able to see men from the neighborhood, indigenous men, uh, particularly black men, to be able to have a place where they come into, the, come into a community of manly men to hear God's truth, hear the heart of God, and yet hear it in a manly and Christ-centered way. Um, uh, again, our, our summer program, and then our bi-monthly prayer walk. For, so the first and third, put it on your calendar. I don't want to hear nothing. First and third, every month we're going to do, um, we're going to do it on the third, usually the third Sunday of each month, mainly. Third Sunday, third, the, the, no, I'm sorry, the first Sunday. I was wrong. First Sunday of each month. We're going to be going on a prayer walk. Everybody can go. And we're going to prayer walk the next. Y'all got quiet. And we're going to go on a prayer walk the neighborhood, even when it's cold. And we're going to prayer walk the neighborhood. Now, when the snow is up to here, we're going to pray from the house. But, um, but, but during those times, we're going to do the prayer walk, and we're going to look for open opportunities to share Jesus with our neighbors. Okay? Just real simple. It don't take, we ain't got to have, you know, a budget. All we're doing is you just put on your clothes and come with us after the gathering. So you're going to go get something to eat, unless you're fasting. Sometimes we'll fast, right? And then we'll go out because you don't know what you're going to find when you go on evangelism, right? And we're just going to pray for our neighborhood, love on our neighbors, go on a prayer walk. Ladies, we're going to need you there. We want a husky male presence. So I, and and if, if it's not a husky male presence, I'm going to be mad. I'm just telling you, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm a, you're going to see a vein that looks like a tree limb coming down the front of my head. I want a husky male presence. 
Um, um, and, and by the way, I made a comment last Sunday um, that I think was very, very important for us to understand culturally in this neighborhood. One of the things as we go on the prayer walk and our white brothers and sisters come with us on the prayer walk, there is an apprehension towards whites. Now, I'm not saying you, somebody going to try to clock you. So um, clock means punch in the face. So, so I'm not saying somebody's going to try to do that. However, it can be a barrier at times. So when we go on these prayer walks, which I'll have a talk and a training on it, some of our whites are going to have to be quiet for the first few prayer walks in relation to actually sharing the gospel with people unless the door is open. And I'm telling you from living around here that I'm telling the truth. Now, how many people from Philly know I'm telling the truth? Um, um, now I'll have Pastor Larry talk about it also. But it's very important. It's not to, we're, uh, we're going to be a multi-ethnic church. That's what we are. We're not trying to fall away from that. But there's a principle called consexualization. And there's also a principle in the Gospels that said, uh, be wise as a what? And innocent as a what? That word wise is knowing how to appropriately apply God's word. Okay? So, 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 so what we need to do is we need to be very, very careful and clear on that as we go and do these prayer walks. Now, now I want, I, now all of y'all that's been ready to go, y'all better, it's ready to go, it's time to go now. Okay, every, I'm talking about everybody. So I don't wanna hear nothing. We getting out there. Now where you gonna be at? Now don't send me no emails, I'm talking trash now. Don't send me no emails, we not doing enough. Where you at? So if you are not there, I'm gonna call you and talk to you. So any of these ministries up there that we finally doing and I don't see you involved and you play, don't come to me complaining about nothing you ain't involved in. If you're not sharing the gospel and you're not in community, don't ask me no questions. Is that fair? If you're doing it, then you can ask me whatever you want. Because the first question, you know what I'm asking you first? What life group you in and who have you shared Jesus with in the last two weeks? All right. Oh, it got real ghosts on that one. OK, I'm just telling you. We're going to have back-to-school event every year, every year, back-to-school. We're putting CCC back up. From the concert classroom in the corner, we're going to block off three blocks. I'm serious. And we're using all our talent here, here, here. We're going to do it for less money but more impact, okay? So we're going to, because these costs are like 20000 We ain't doing that no more. We're going to put that into after-school program and summer program. But we, need, but we are going to work with our artists, and we're going, to, we're going to do something nice for you. But we want all y'all to be, we want a house band, all that out on the block. We want you sharing the God. We're not going to have all on Epiphany T-shirts. We're just not going to do that, all right? That's cornacious. Don't do that. You know, we're not doing orange hats and, you know, picketing and everything. We're not doing that, all right? Um, and so... so so, but, but, we, but, but the neighborhood, actually, the reason why we're doing it, because the neighborhood keeps asking us to do it. Every time I walk into the building, Pastor, when y'all going to do that thing again? When y'all gave away the fishing head, the music? I love that. So I said, okay. So I said, okay. And I'm, I'm telling you, I get it all the time. So I said, we got we to gotta do, we we do it over again. They said, they said that, was a, that was a very, they said, I don't know what it did, but it did something for us. And um, I, I just like that. So we're also, I'm scheduling a public servants breakfast with our firemen, police officers, our, um, all the people, principals, teachers, everybody. I don't know why my brain keeps going blank right now. But, um, but basically, I met with the community liaison from the 22nd district, and she's like, I said, I, she said, what, what, do you, what do you need, Pastor? I said, how can we serve you? And you should have saw her face. 
She said, the church ain't never asked us how can they serve us. And so, and so I said, cool. So I said, I want, we want to have a breakfast for y'all and just bring y'all there, do an appreciation, and we just want to meet you, hear your heart, and you tell us what needs to be done. And in that, in that, I was learning even more about the underbelly of our neighborhood and our city, just listening to them. But I wanna ha- we want to have that. We want to have that at least twice a year, but my goal is to get it up quarterly. And is we're not going to be sharing the gospel with them. We're not going to be preaching. All we want to do is develop common ground. Say common ground. The thing that gives you the ability to share the gospel is common ground. Okay? And so, and so all, all we want to do is we want to love on you, serve you. Have a, I told the police officer at the corner, I, I said, man, can you do something about this and ticket this guy that's in front of my, the parking space out here? He said, yeah. I said, we're having this breakfast for you. He said, when? You know, because the lady told me whenever you have food, police coming. So <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. So we meet with them, and we're, we're having that. We're having that. Um, also, um, we're having our, our next thing is our Sunday, our Sunday harvests and street team. We're getting that back together. Our street team um, is just that team that actually goes out, puts out when we have events, and engages our neighbors with the gospel. It's going to be great. Um, Sunday harvesters, as you know, sometimes I am going to be a, I'm going to do a call to discipleship, okay, on Sunday mornings where I invite people that are here to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so, and so some, sometimes we're going to need harvesters that do that, so we're reenacting that particular area of ministry. Um, we're going to make a little bit more Easter Sunday, by the way. We haven't done a good job at that. So we're going to make, make a little bit more of that. This is some of our 10 to 20-year goals, our urban transformation initiative um, with our pantry, all those different things, holistic health um, um, deal. We're doing our athletics, nutritionist, weight loss stuff, uh, urban life renewal, home buyers initiative, housing rehab, all these different things. I mean, I'm not going to go over all of it, but these are just some of the other things that we will be getting into as, as it relates to crisis pregnancy and counseling center, uh, uh, all, all of these different things. I want to give you guys the opportunity. I'm going to stop. Um, I'm not going to keep going all night. Um, I want to give you guys an opportunity, next 15 minutes for questions. We got some snackages in the basement. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to open it up for questions for the next 15 to 20 minutes. And then if we could just go down there, hang with one another. And remember, you're supposed to meet five people that you don't know tonight and commit their name to memory. Okay? All right. So, 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 so that's what we're supposed to do tonight. All right. So. Any questions? I, I want to open it up for questions. To go to the microphone. Make sure you go to the microphone. Now, I just want to say this. What we envision is what we can do. We cannot, as a church, do everything. We have to pick and choose what are the most systemic needs of the gospel. So just remember that. We can't do every single thing in the book. All right? All right. Yes. Two brief questions. Yes. Um, where, how do you find, define leadership? of women, female leadership within the church by biblical definition. And for those of us like myself who have a yearning, Mm -hmm. have that desire, I'm one of those people who had that negative experience and I'm coming back Mm -hmm. and I have a yearning, but I I don't want to be so heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. Yes, ma'am. I want to have the knowledge of the Bible, but I see myself as an Andrew. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you. Mm-hmm. For those of us who may not be confident in engaging in direct sharing of Jesus in mm-hmm. the word, because mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm like that. Okay. 
how do you, how will leadership nurture those of us who have that burning desire but want to do it Christ-centered and word-centered and not out of our flesh? Amen. Great questions. First question, our um, philosophy of leadership is based on uh, what's called the pastoral epistles, 1st, 2nd, Timothy, and Titus. That's where the bulk of church government is written, even though 2 Corinthians is a pastoral book. Ephesians chapter um, 4, um, 1, 1 through 10 has some principles there. But our, our view of, uh, of, of your, if I understand your first question, was the role of women in leadership. Women are free in any leadership capacity at Epiphany Fellowship except for eldership or pa the pastoral role based on 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Timothy chapter 3. Um, and so, and so, but, but we tend to, we don't, we don't, we actually, we don't emphasize that in a way that alienates women from church, right? And so, but we do have female deacons. Our female deacons, can y'all stand up? All my female deacons, can y'all, y'all stand up? All of y'all stand up. Amen. Let's give God a hand praise for our female deacons. Y'all can have a seat. Thank you. These are just some of our female deacons and they, and they play a very, very vital role here at Epiphany Fellowship um, in leading through teaching, um, through discipleship, through care, um, in ways that us as males can't and shouldn't. Um, there are restrictions on men here in leadership, even us. I, uh, um, 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 we, don't, we don't disciple women individually. Um, Paul, Paul, tell, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, he says, don't rebuke an older man sharply, uh, but appeal to him as a son to a father. Same with a woman as a son to a father. And to a male as a brother to a brother, but as to a younger woman as a brother to a sister. Then he adds this phrase, with all purity. After the women. Then in Titus chapter 3, I mean Titus chapter 2, he tells, him, he tells Titus, teach the older men, teach the older women. But then he says, teach the younger men. He skips the younger women because he tells him to teach the older men, older women, to teach the younger women. In other words, he wasn't supposed to engage in teaching interaction to discipling a female that wasn't his wife or his daughter. All right. And so that's our kind of our theology of male and female. What are restrictions for both? So there are restrictions for for females. And we, we, even though we don't like to look at them as restrictions, as more of freedom, um, being freed up to um, minister the way God has appointed us to do that. Number two, your other question, um, you asked about um, people who feel uncomfortable sharing the gospel. That's what Ephesians 6, 18 is for. Now, there are those who bring people, Andrew, but Andrew just brought that time because he didn't know the gospel up in John chapter 1, verse 35 through 43. So there is a sense in which people won't hear without a preacher. So there will be training. Pastor Doug, who's over in Camden, is going to do an eMERGE training for us here. So we're going to have every man, every man and woman equipped for go relevant gospel ministry and so that people can learn how to actually share their faith. And um, because we need every believer sharing their faith, but there are different types of engagement. There is relational evangelism and there's, there's outright, I'm going to get in your grill evangelism. Um, Jesus did all, the, all of the forms of evangelism, but at the end of the day, evangelism has to be done by all of us. And we'll care for and train and work with everybody to be able to do that. But the other thing is we all have responsibility to share the gospel based on the Matthew 28, 18 through 20. But that's a great question. Very, very great question. And even when Paul uh, um, um, presented to the Colossian church, again, Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6, 
he told the entire church to, to, to pray for him, but then that they may act with wisdom towards outsiders as they share the gospel with their neighbors. But that's a, that's a very, very good question. Any other questions? Any other questions? Pretty much right now, we don't have any vision for satellites. Um, satellite, I, I, I have no desire for that. Um, I don't think the elders do either. We, we're not speaking against it. We don't think it's wrong or anything. We, uh, we just don't know in relation to that right now. Um, but, yeah, the, that's the plan pretty much, to, to plant churches in different sectors of the city. We're working with a guy possibly now to plant in Germantown. So we want to plant in the region. But there'll be a rigorous church plant development process for every everyone. Um, we're going to try to talk them out of it first um, before we talk them into it. And so, because um, I, I, um, as much as I love church planting, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, so um, once the church is planted, it's a little bit better. But when the church is being planted, you're a nervous wreck and you cry a lot. You just think you just got estrogen levels off the scale. Um, I'm sorry, ladies. Don't get mad at me. But um, <laughs> don't kick me, baby. And so, um, but yeah, but yeah, we, we do have a plan for that. We do we do have a plan for that. Yeah, that's what thriving is for. Yeah. Any other questions? Great question, Brent. Any other questions? Any other questions? Uh, my question was, um, what's the process when it comes to coming up with the vision? Like, is there an idea of um, God putting something on your heart and going forward with it until God stops it, basically? Great or is question. Is there a feeling of I 100% know this is what it is and moving forward. Got you. God calls every Christian to be a visionary, every Christian. In, in, in this sense, we're supposed to look for the blessed hope. Looking for the blessed hope is having a vision of a preferred future that God sets up, right? So how do I do process of vision? For me, process of vision is prayer. Um, I used to go away alone uh, at least once every six, mo six months. I haven't done that in a couple of years, but I pretty much spend a lot of time in prayer, um, and it's been different since I've had elders, so uh, a lot of them versus just two or one. And so um, it's, been, it's been great having them to also bounce vision off of because it's sometimes people that aren't primary visionaries in the church also have vision. Um, and so sometimes God speaks to me, of course, through the scriptures. So basically I start with the basic premise of what the scriptures say, right? Based on what the scriptures say, God wants disciples made. But the question is, we're not asking the questions, should disciples be made? The question is, what's the vision of how disciples are going to be facilitated to be made, right? And so that's when, when you get in context and you see a multiplicity of different things and God kind of gives you clarity on what methods will work, what methods won't, or he'll just tell you, this is what I want you to do, and that's kind of it. I lay it out and I pretty much pre present it to the elders and then they approve it. So that's pretty much kind of, even though it's really not an approval process as much as it is just, man, we're amen in the Lord's grace on you leading us in that way. And so that's, hopefully that's helpful. That's pretty much the way, but vision always starts with the scriptures and flows from the scriptures and continues with the scriptures because a method or a model, like all of these things are visions of, of, of what the Bible teaches we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to complete, present people completing Christ um, we can't have people having a lot of Bible knowledge, but they don't know how to work with their money. They don't pay their rent on time, and they don't own. They rent for the rest of their life. 
they, their family is falling apart. They ain't got no job, and, they, and they're not developing the education. So if the, the gospel impacts those areas too. So, because, so the vision is what's deficient around here based on what God wants people to look like. And so when we begin looking at what's deficient, we saw these several areas and we say, well, what that looks like is making sure that these things are taken care of as well as the internal discipleship things. But all of these start with heart and character issues. If you don't work with character, then you're just a social service entity. So, so that's, that's, what makes, that's what makes the church different is the church does ministry from the inside out versus the outside in. So the vision starts with internal transformation that makes its way on the outside and looking like fruit in every area of life. And these are four or five of those areas. So I uh, hope that that was helpful. Any other questions? Any other questions? You can go on to the Then We'll take a couple of more questions and then we'll go down and hang for, for a few minutes. Any questions? Any other questions? demographics of our church being such large student populations and given our um, one of our core values being commitment how what advice would you give to a young person in transition um, with in terms of just timing not knowing transition to or from transition through through okay yeah um, great with, question yeah great question um, one of the things that we understand about our students is they're going to be those who stay and those who move uh, move on, and we understand that this is good. We've just come to terms with the Epiphany is going to be a transient church on some levels, um, which is a part of our journey and why God called us here and why people don't like to come here um, um, to this area in particular. But we've seen the blessing of God's grace on college students, and one of the things that we that's why our college connect piece that um, Tommy, one of our deacons, leads with his wife is very, very important because we want college students not to put, not to use education as a crutch to put their spiritual life on hold. And so therefore, God is always spiritually requiring of you. There is no break from him, right? And so we want to make sure that college students unequivocally plug in de definitively while they're in school. Our desire, we would love for every single college student that comes here to stay and not go anywhere. Some are going to do that. But we, want, we, but we want to be a part of whatever we can be of helping college students can, to continue their journey with Jesus. Colossians 1.28, admonishing and teaching every man in order that they may be presented complete in Christ. We want to make sure that that continues even while they're yet in school and we can shepherd, love them. But then them also serve the church in ways that's healthy for them so that your natural and spiritual maturity isn't put on hold while you're getting your education. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. A couple more questions. Hopefully, was that helpful? Okay, cool. Any couple more questions? Couple more questions. The mics are open. No more questions. I saw some of y'all about to move, unless y'all was about to leave. All right, all right. Well, that was our vision night. Um, we'll, we'll make a copy of this available. Again, this is just um, um, these are just some of the things that we believe that God has called us to do. Um, us to do together as we are called to, to, to do ministry in this neighborhood and in the world. So we're going to pray. Um, we're going to go to the basement. We got some refreshments. Save me some. Um, I can have a little something, something. Um, we're going to hit the basement and um, let, let the people that need the elevator use the elevator and the rest of y'all hit the steps. Father, we honor you and thank you for your mercy that endures forever. And Lord God, you've given us vision, I believe, 
um, to be able to honor you and reflect you and to glorify you. And Lord God, all, all we see is it, this involving us in is really just to be able to make disciples and to reach people. That, that's it. I mean, that, I mean, in, in showing off the glory of Christ in every area of our lives. And so, God, help this stuff to stick and help us to really be passionate executors of what it means to do God-centered missions in the world and for us to not neglect the place that you have placed us. Um, help us to be more effective and connected as a community to connect with you and to connect with one another in a very, very rich, very, very rich and, and, and beautiful in beautiful ways so that we can grow in every single area in Christ and Lord God so that um, the one another's may help us uh, to grow from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity and love you more effectively, Lord God. Dismiss us in your care. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, go to the basement. Enjoy. Let's enjoy one another for a little while.